idea that Linux is fun and the myriad of ways people put distros together should be reviewed often. My name is Moss. I live in eastern Tennessee. And my name is Tony, and I live in the northwest of England. Welcome to Distro Hopper's Digest. We love checking distros out. New distros, new versions of older distros, and maybe even some old distros we've missed. I have my preferences, and Tony has his. Perhaps together we can find some common ground to share with you. The idea of the podcast is that we each install a new distro to our chosen hardware for three to four weeks and use it as much as possible, perhaps even as our daily driver. We record all our trials, tribulations, fixes, what we liked and what we didn't. I like to find distros which would be kind to a new user, especially one who is hoping to move over from another operating system, such as Windows or Mac OS. We intend to give as much information as possible on each distro, and we'll also divulge what hardware we're using and how we think the hardware may have affected the rating. Welcome to Distro Hopper's Digest, Episode 3, recording it on June 19th, 2019. For this show, we decided to review PC Linux OS and Bode 5.0.0. We'd like to hear from you what you'd like to see us take on, be it Debian, Red Hat, Arch, Suzy, Mandriva, Slackware, or Gen 2-based distros. On to this month's first distro, PC Linux OS. Thanks, Moss. Uh, well, my for, uh, my installation of PC Linux OS was done on a Lenovo X230i with an i3 CPU, 8 gig of RAM. I also tested it on another machine, a Dell 6220, because I had a dual boot of Windows and I wanted to t- test the ability to dual boot and how easy that was. So we'll get to that later. According to the website, these are the minimum requirements that you need to run PC Linux OS. Uh, Any uh, Intel, AMD, or via x86 or 64 processor. A minimum of 512 megabyte of RAM, although they uh, recommend 2 gigabyte. Hard disk, a minimum of 12 gigabyte, but they recommend a minimum of 20 if, you know, for a full setup. Video cards. Uh, NVIDIA, ATI, Intel, SIS, Matrox, etc. Uh, 3D desktop support requires a 3D instruction set to c- uh, compatible card. Any sound card, Sound Blaster, AC97 or HDA compatible card. Creative Labs XFI cards are not currently supported. And then, of course, the other stuff, CD, DVD, writer required for burning disks, USB capacity required for bootable flash drives, etc. And then a SATA or IDE SCSI uh, SAS controller for supported for in non-RAID mode. So on both systems that I tried, they were well over the minimum specs recommended and required to run the OS. Using the network manager is a little clunky compared with other distros, but once I configured it, uh, although it wasn't showing as connected in the live session, I was able to access the internet, so I was connected. This is something that the developers may wish to refine for the future. The actual install on both machines was a breeze. The installer looks a little different, but is simplicity itself to install from. And dual booting is straightforward with a slider to set the size of the partition you want for PC Linux OS and the other distro. 
After choosing the partition structure, you get the usual warning about possibility of data loss. But once you agree to the, the install took less than 15 minutes. Unlike other distros, PC Linux OS does not set up the user and password for user and root until the first install after boot. So on first boot, you go through a little configuration of location, root password, and user and lo uh, login password for the user. Once this is completed, you are presented with the, in my case, Make Desktop, which is automatically connected to Wi-Fi. So it, obvious, it had obviously remembered the setting from uh, during the install. As you would expect, almost immediately, you're prompted to update the install. As this was the May 2019 ISO, the update wasn't too big, and it completed within a few minutes. So I had a fully installed and up-to-date system within about 30 minutes of starting the process. So post-installation hardware facts and issues. Well, by default, uh, on this install, I ended up with a kernel 5.1.1. And like I say, it was uh, the Mate desktop, and that was 1.22.1. PC Linux uh, acts like Fedora in the sense that it splits the HD into uh, a boot system and home partitions, which can drastically reduce the space left for the user's documents if installed on a small hard drive. But it's not a major issue on larger capacity drives. As for the hardware I installed on, everything worked out of the box. But as usual, I had to set the trackpad to accept taps on the pad as clicks from the, for the mouse. But this is an easy fix in the control center. Setting up my brother HL5140 printer was a matter of plugging in the USB cable, going to the printer configuration tool and adding the printer. Within a couple of minutes, I was able to print a test page. All my audio equipment, such as my USB sound card that I run my headset through, work flawlessly. Ease of use. My big issue, as far as ease of use goes, is with the menu. And it's lack of a search facility, which you get out of the box with Mint Menu on the Mate Spin and many other distros that I've used over the years. While not a deal breaker, it does make finding installed software a little clunky if you're not sure which menu they're buried in. So again, something that the... Uh, developers may want to look at. Software, all the usual suspects are available out of the box and a few I would normally have to install myself such as Audacity. I didn't, did install Mumble as part of my workflow for podcast production. As a rolling release, all the software I tested was the latest stable version with Audacity being 2.3.2, LibreOffice being the 6.2.2 X-Line. Application issues. One issue is the lack of ability to work with snaps as it does not use systemd and as yet it does not officially support Flatpak. However, PC Linux OS does support app images, so if you wish to install these, you can. This created one of my big issues as far as the software is concerned, as I was not able to find a way to install Get iPlayer, the utility I use to access BBC iPlayer content for offline playing. For me, this would mean that I would need to run either a dual boot or another distro in a VM to fully function for my personal needs. I suspect for the majority of users, this isn't a major issue. One thing I could find, uh, that could be useful to PC Linux OS users is the ability to create a live.iso file of your installation once you've configured it the way you like it. I had to install this utility, and that's drac-live-install. 
and that's in the show notes, to enable this to run as root in the terminal. And it took a little over an hour for it to complete the ISO file. This could be used to install the setup on other hardware, bypassing the need to install all your regular applications and settings the way you like it, including not having to install your some software you don't use so have already uninstalled prior to creating the ISO. This frees up space from the start. I tested the one I created and it worked flawlessly and we had all the additional software and other downloads that I'd made during the uh, when booted into the live environment. So it could be a good way of carrying your setup in your pocket when out and about. Memory use. Uh, memory use on reboot after install was 664 meg, which is what I'd expect from a Mate desktop environment. The system, as I said earlier, was an i3 with 8 gig of RAM. Uh, it's very responsive, and generally I was it was a pleasure to work, work on. Ease of finding help. PC Linux OS has a very active community, and they have threads for most of the common issues you may have under the help menu. They also have the international section with topics discussed in a number of different languages. They have a great wiki called PC Linux OS Knowledge Base, where you can learn all about the, uh, the distro. Plays nice with others. When I did the dual boot on the Dell with Windows 10, it was a very simple process to set up the dual boot option. As I only did this with one OS, I can't say if a multi-boot system would be easy as easy. But looking at the installer, I suspect it probably would. Stability. PC Linux OS, despite being a rolling release, is very stable. All the software updates are the most up-to-date stable release. Be aware that if you do plan to use the distro, you will need to do regular updates. As if you fail to do this, you may lose the ability to update and have to reinstall. It is recommended that you update every week or two, but no longer than every 60 days. And I've uh, put a link in the show notes to the uh, knowledge base um, site that uh, talks about that. So as long as you follow the upgrade path on a regular basis, you will be rewarded with a stable and very current Linux system. So ratings, ease of installation. I've given that 8 out of 10 for new users and 9 out of 10 for experienced users. I'm going with Mossy's uh, nothing's perfect and there may be problems in the future that I hadn't found out. Uh, Hardware issues, 9 out of 10. It was pretty well fully functioning out of the box. Ease ease of finding help, again, great community, 9 out of 10. Ease of use. 9 out of 10, everything worked flawlessly, and it was a great distro to work with. Plays like nice with others. Uh, I've given it 8 out of 10, just because a lot of people may find the installer not quite as familiar as some of the other installers, but it worked okay, and, uh, you know, I didn't have any problems with it. Stability, 9 out of 10, and the overall rating, I gave it 9 out of 10. When I was looking for similar distros to check out, the ones I could think of were Solus, which is another uh, rolling release and uh, built from the ground up. OpenSUSE Tumbleweed um, and Fedora Rawhide, although be aware Fedora Rawhide is an unstable release and not recommended for uh, day-to-day use. But yeah, that might be worth checking out as a rolling release at some stage. Final thoughts. I was really impressed with PC Linux OS. It is a solid and stable distro. The ability to create a restore.iso file from the system 
is a brilliant idea and I think it could be very useful as a backup tool although you would have to keep a fairly recent copy due to the rolling nature of the distro and the 60-day window for updates. If I could find a way of installing Get iPlayer onto this, I would be a very ser- it would be a very serious contender as my distro if Mint were ever to go away. So there's a killer. Over to you, Moss. As stated, this distro I'm reviewing is Bodhi 5.0.0. My hardware, I run a Lenovo ThinkPad T430 with 8GB of RAM and a 500GB hard drive, which I keep partitioned into four partitions, each with its own distro with an external hard drive for my data and backups. For me, an installation includes the full installation and all updates. If I can manage it, I then replace LibreOffice, if provided, with SoftMaker Office, install my preferred VPN, and set up a Grub customizer if it's available or other Grub management, and then install my printer, which is easy to do if I've got a Deb and RPM distro. It's not so easy in others. I try to install Stacer so I can get some good stats and have a few controls. Everything was fine in this distro. Uh, it is based on Ubuntu 18.04, so I had all my usual Debian files available to me. I picked Bodhi for this month. I feel I'm cheating a little as I've had Bodhi on my machine for a few months, but I kept good records of my installation. I have not seen this beautiful distro reviewed often. I would also like to say that some of the issues I ran into may have been fixed in the current download editions, but I haven't seen anything about that on the forum. Also, I may have actually gotten a better view of the distro having run it for a few months instead of just a few weeks to a month. Installation on my hard drive was complicated by the fact that there's no Install Now button on the live CD. The docs clearly state there should be, and the developers are aware of the issue. But the Install Bodhi button can be found hidden in the menus under Applications. Beyond that, installation worked fine. Bodhi is based on Ubuntu 18.04 LTS with Moksha Desktop, a fork of Enlightenment D17. System requirements, the minimum is a 500 MHz processor, 256 MB of RAM, 5 MB of drive space. It is a very light distro. Recommended is 1 GHz processor. 512 megabytes of RAM and 10 gigabytes of drive space. The distro comes in standard, app pack, and legacy versions. Use legacy if you have a 32-bit computer. App pack is the fully loaded version and is a one and a half gigabyte download. Standard has very solid choices and is a 0.74 gigabyte download. This is what I use this time. If you have an earlier version of Bodhi, you will need a full install. There is no upgrade path for this distro. Post-installation hardware issues. After installation, I had to find a way to set my monitor. Instead of the displays program used by most Ubuntu derivatives, Bodhi uses ARNR, a graphical version of XRNR, which I had not been previously familiar with. After a number of attempts, it seemed that ARNR did not save its configuration, but it turned out it actually did, just that ARNR was not loaded at boot time. Adding ARNR to the startup programs fixed this. It works fine and is stable. It does make it more difficult to do temporary changes, and I'll have to remember how to do it should I need to do this in the future, such as when I do the Mintcast podcast. eSudo and PolicyKit were warring with each other when I installed. In order to get Grub Customizer to run, I had to disable eSudo and reinstall PolicyKit. 
at a later time, it turned out that I then needed to reinstall eSudo, and things worked fine after that. My printer said it installed correctly, but I did not get a test print page. After a lot of discussion, it was determined that the fix was sudo apt install bodhi-printing. I don't know why this didn't install during original installation. The update program, EapData, works about as well as old versions of KDE Discover, which is to say, avoid using it and do your updates via the terminal. Like Discover, however, it is getting better and is well worth them working on. Ease of use. After you get everything working, you find a beautiful and very usable desktop experience. The desktop is Moksha, a fork of Enlightenment E17, and a more beautiful and functional desktop I've never seen. Enlightenment developers have referred to it as, quote, the original iCandy window manager, end quote. If you've ever used MacPop 550 or earlier, you know how easy Moksha or Enlightenment is to use. Menus, menus. You can left-click anywhere on the desktop to bring up the applications. I'm told it has some similarities to OpenBox, but I've not used that. Images I've seen appear to show that there is little relation, and OpenBox looks very primitive by comparison. You will still find a few windows which open larger than your monitor can hold for some reason, but this happens very seldom and is only a minor irritation. And in over three months of use, I've only had the desktop itself crash once. Closing Kodi often results in an error message stating that Kodi closed unexpectedly, but it still closes faster on Bodhi than on any other distro I've tried, and that is not a real issue. I've included some screenshots in the show notes. The one with the menus open I had to literally take from my phone, because once you open a menu, uh, other functions don't work in the desktop. That's maybe to be expected. Memory use. With everything installed and then some, and with Firefox and Stacer open, my memory use is 1.7 gigabytes and hard disk usage is 9.7 gigabytes. Ease of finding help. The forums are part of the linuxquestions.org, a site where I've been a member for over 11 years. You can get help from anybody on this site, not just Bodhi users, and this usually means a lot of good support. On the other hand, there are only two developers. I've had no issues with Bodhi stealing Grub, and with Grub Customizer installed, it is as easy as any Ubuntu-based derivative to set the boot order. Stability. The desktop is still not quite stable. E17 was the most stable version of Enlightenment that they had, and they've done a lot of work on it uh, through their fork to Moksha to make it more so, but it's still not quite there. The taskbar, if set to disappear, does not always reappear if you have a window open full size. Otherwise, once you get this beauty installed, it will run. Similar distros to check out. There is nothing like Bodhi. I've heard comparisons of Moksha to OpenBox, but it just ain't the same. There are extremely few distros which use Enlightenment in any form. A search turns up a distro called Atlas X I've not heard of, One Fork of Tiny Core Linux, and MacPup. And MacPup has not been updated since version 550, which is based on Precise Pangolin 12.04. Ratings, ease of installation, new user-friendly install scores 4 out of 10, Experienced Linux users, 7 out of 10. Really experienced users might get it up to 9. Hardware issues, 9 out of 10. Ease of finding help, the community and web, 9 out of 10. Again, having it on linuxquestions.org really helps you find help. Ease of use, 9 out of 10. Plays nice with others, 9 out of 10. Stability, I'm going to knock it down to 8, although maybe if I were being completely 
Uh, objective, it might be a seven. Overall rating, it's an eight. Final thoughts. This is a distro I'm going to keep an eye on, and it will probably reside on my system for several more months at least. Some uses are harder to tweak than other distros, but if I had totally committed to it, I would find a way, and there is plenty of help available. I'm booting to it more than I am to Linux Mint at present, but when I really need to do something, or when something doesn't quite work, it's often easier to reboot to Mint than to find out how to configure Bodhi correctly. But it's absolutely gorgeous, the desktop works like no other, and Bodhi is a perfectly good choice for someone who wants different and is willing to work on it. Let's move on over to the new releases. New releases this month. We're going back to May 15th since we didn't have this feature in last month's episode. Open Mandriva LX4 just came out yesterday, and I'm happy as a peach about that one. Crux 3.5, Endless OS 3.6.0, Backbox Linux 6, Enso OS 0.3.1, Zorin OS 15, NetBSD 8.1, 4M Linux 29.0, MX Linux 18.3, Black Arch Linux 2019.06.01, OpenSUSE 15.1, Kali Linux 2019.2, Tails 3.14, Robo Linux 10.5, Peppermint OS 10. And now on to the feedback. Feedback. R writes. Hi, Moss. Just listened to Distro Hopper's Digest number two. Pretty decent review, and I'm going to stick around for a while. One thing you mentioned is that Molvat is the least expensive you found. In case you're interested, personally, I am using Shade UVPN. There's a link in the show notes. They have two service tiers, 2048 and 4096 bit encryption. They are $3.95 or $7.95 per month, respectively. Personally, I think the 2048 encryption is enough. Occasionally, they run specials and offer lifetime service for one price. The setup is a bit more complicated since you have to install OpenVPN and import a script. Anyway, I figured it might be of interest to you. All the best. I responded, Molvet has a nicely made app, works in all Debian and most RPM installations, does not work in Solus. I've not heard of different tiers based on the level of encryption being the cost factor. Might be something to explore on Mintcast. I have looked at Shade UVPN, and I read several reviews, and one review gave it a 4 out of 10, while another gave it a 4 out of 5, and that was a huge difference. Uh, all the help screens seem to be written in Russian, so I'm not terribly sure where to go with that. But it's great having more things to look at. I always like having more options. One user complained our music was overwriting the intro. Others said that was fine. A few users say episode 2 played only on one channel while it was supposed to be mono. Tony is working on setting how to correct that issue. Carl Barbary wrote, Hey, I just wanted to give you an update on my dual boot situation. I was going to try using a VM since there are more distros I would like to try, but my current laptop doesn't support virtualization. I did, however, manage to get Fedora installed alongside my current Linux Mint install. I tried to use the Fedora to, insta uh, the Fedora to install it to resize the hard drive, but it didn't work. 
I then booted up the live install and installed Gparty to resize my hard drive. Once this was complete, completed, I was able to install Fedora 30 and start playing around with it. So far, I'm liking it, but not so much the GNOME desktop. I will probably end up switching that. Just so I would give you an update on what I uh, did to get it to work. The second show was great, and I'm looking forward to the third. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Carl. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Announcements. I am sorry to say that I did not get to go to Southeast Linux Fest. I will try to make it next year. Our next show will be recorded on July 31st. Visit our website at http colon slash slash distrohoppersdigest.blogspot.com and follow us on MeWe, the Mintcast Discord and Telegram groups, or we can be contacted at distrohoppersdigest at gmail.com. If you have any suggestions on our, show, uh, on our show or wish to recommend any distros you'd like to see us try, please contact us. But please do not suggest Carly or other pen test distros. LFS, Gen 2, or any other distro which needs to be built. Thank you. Before we go... We would like to thank all those who make this project possible, starting with Hacker Public Radio for allowing us to use their Mumble server. Archive.org for storing and helping to distribute this program. Audacity, which we use for recording and editing the show. Joshua Lowe for work on our logo. All those who work on the teams which are creating, adapting, and maintaining the Linux distros. We have reviewed this episode. Mid-Air Machine, creators of the song Streets of Santivo, used as our music under Creative Commons license. Thanks to Linus Torvalds for the kernel, Richard Stolman for the GNU toolkits, and all those who have worked behind the scenes on free and open source Libra software. And thanks to the rest of the Mintcast team for letting us use their Discord and Telegram channels and lots of encouragement. We shall be back next month. Thank all of you for listening. <laughs> <laughs>